Welcome into the Inside Scoop. We are live on a Monday. Now, Thursday, we drop around noon Eastern, 11 Central, but Mondays, we are live at noon Eastern. Welcome in, and thank you for joining us today. It's a newsy Monday. We got a lot of recruiting to talk about. We're going to go into Texas's big weekend, of course. They land the five-star offensive tackle, Brandon Baker, over Oregon, Ohio State, and Florida State. We're going to also check in with Penn State at the whiteout game. They also had the number one QB, Bryce Underwood, on campus. Now, UF, the Gators, they were not supposed to have a big visit weekend with Charlotte coming to town, but they shocked everyone with who showed up to campus this weekend. All right, subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. Look at this thing. Almost to 10K. Almost there. Hit that subscribe button for me. We're going to get the show started. Okay, I want to cover a couple topics before we get to our first guest, Jerry Hamilton. Five-star athlete Terry Bussey is set to commit this Thursday. He's the number two ranked athlete in America. Now, the recruiting prediction machine, look at this, 95% headed toward Texas A&M, just three days away from his commitment. But this past weekend, he was at LSU for an official visit. The final visit he'll take before he decides on Thursday. Let me know where you guys think Bussey's going in the comments section of this video. Let me know, Terry Bussey, where's he going to land? All right. Last night is surprise development. We're not quite to respect my decision season just yet. That usually starts in about November. But last night, four-star wide receiver Nykar decommitted from Georgia. He's officially back on the market. Carr's from Moultrie, Georgia, and this weekend, Carr is headed to the Plains. He's visiting Auburn for an unofficial visit. First time back at Auburn since July's Big Cat weekend. Now, when it comes to Carr, I don't think we see a quick decision here. I think Carr takes his time. There's no rush. We know Miami's involved. FSU's involved. Will probably see Alabama get involved. The big question is, does Colorado enter the picture soon? We'll keep tabs on Nikar. We'll let you know what he does after this Auburn visit. But like I said, I don't think he's in any rush to make another decision. All right, now let's turn our attention to Texas. This season has ignited Texas on the recruiting trail. That win over Alabama still ringing loudly. And last night, Steve Sarkeesian cashed in on some of that recruiting momentum and landed the number one offensive tackle in the country, five-star Brandon Baker. Let's bring on Jerry Hamilton from inside Texas to talk more about the big news, Jerry. Brandon Baker commits to Texas, but it wasn't always the Longhorns. Oregon was the favorite for much of the offseason. How did Texas turn the tide and land Brandon Baker? Yeah, I think it was a long process, Josh. Uh, started with Adrian Clem, obviously left Oregon, went to the NFL. Um, uh, Brandon's brother played at Oregon. There's just been a lot of coaching turnover there, right? And I think that opened the door. Um, Steve Sarkeesian obviously has a couple of decades of ties at modern day. Hi, getting uh, Brandon and his family on campus for the uh, spring game, I think, really started this recruitment. At that point, once Brandon sat down with Kyle Flood, the Texas offensive line coach, him and his family, and really had it illustrated his development, his, his resume for player development, I think that really helped Texas in this recruitment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon Baker came back for a June official visit. But, Josh, I really think at the end of the day, player development, Kyle Flood's resume of that, the move to the SEC, um, and Christian Jones, the starting right tackle, graduating after this year. I think those three things 
all led to a Texas victory, actually over Ohio State, who finished second, Oregon third, Nebraska fourth. Mm. Brandon Baker, six foot five, 300 pounds, has a chance to come in and play immediately. Now, Texas is doing a great job in the trenches. They land five-star Colin Simmons on the defensive side of the ball. Now they land five-star offensive tackle Brandon Baker on the offensive side of the ball. Let's stay in the trenches on offense. What is next for Texas O-line recruiting? You know what's interesting, Josh, modern-day high. DeAndre Carter, the Auburn commitment, four-star guard, scheduled to be in Austin this weekend for an official visit. See if he follows through on that, but as of this morning, still scheduled to be in on an official visit to Texas this weekend. He committed to Auburn over Michigan State and Texas September 3rd. Texas has never given up on DeAndre Carter. That's the one thing Texas fans have grown accustomed to with Steve Sarkeesian is they don't back off their top targets. I mean, yeah. they continue on these guys. They recruit. I call it recruiting through the whistle. They recruit through the whistle, and that's December, that early signing period. And this weekend, DeAndre Carter is scheduled to be on campus. Uh, if Texas could flip Carter from Auburn, I think they could possibly close up shop on the offensive line. Whew. All right. Well, Texas could flip DeAndre Carter from Auburn. And at the same time, teams are coming after Texas commitments. Oh, yeah. This weekend, Jerry showed up in the swamp. Defensive line commitment, DeAndre Robinson. And Texas running back commitment, Jared Gibson. Any concern over these potential flips? I think they're two different, a little bit different categories for me, Josh. Uh, Jarrett Gibson, um, you know, Texas not surprised that he was at Florida. Cedric Baxter was on campus at FSU a couple of times after he committed to Texas in the last cycle. I, I think Tashard Choice tells those kids, take your visits, go through the process, continue on with this process, then you'll end up coming home where you're committed to. I think Jarrett Gibson, obviously a one-time Florida commitment. Look, I always jokingly say, if Florida gave up on any of these kids, it's a fireball offense. You don't let top mm -hmm. prospect from your state go out of state to college without fighting all the way through the whistle in December. I think Jarrett Gibson remains a solid commitment that uh, Texas. Obviously, his family lives in Gainesville. Um, he's possible to be in Austin this weekend. But IMG looks like they may play Bishop Gorman in Vegas Friday night. So that could keep uh, Jordan Johnson Rebel and Jarrett Gibson from coming to Texas Saturday as they originally planned. So we'll have to follow that one if IMG does, in fact, add that game against Bishop Gorman today. Uh, but DeAndre Robinson's different because Texas didn't know he was going to show up in Gainesville. So that's a little bit of a different category for me. I think Robinson remains a solid commitment to Texas, but anytime you go visit somewhere and the staff that doesn't know and you're not up front <laughs> with the staff you're committed to, that's a little bit of a different conversation, a, a little bit of a different reaction. Yeah, and I also think with DeAndre Robinson, I mean, when he chose Texas, it was really down to Texas and UF, whereas Jared Gibson, yes, he was a one-time Florida commitment as a sophomore, but he also committed to Dan Mullen. Yeah. New staff, completely different recruitment. So I do think DeAndre Robinson, if we're going to keep an eye on one of these two for Texas fans, it's probably that Robinson recruitment right now. All right. Thoughts on Colorado getting involved with Ryan Wingo? Because the last time you and I talked about the five-star wide receiver out of St. Louis, we thought it was primarily a Mizzou Longhorn battle. Where do you put Colorado in this now that he's headed there this weekend for a visit? You look, I, I don't want to dismiss Deion Sanders in Colorado. That's not what I'm doing here. Um, I'll be surprised if Wingo doesn't play with the jersey that has an SEC logo on it at the end of the day. And I still think that takes you to Missouri and Texas. I think Texas is in a good spot entering uh, last weekend's unofficial visit to Missouri for Wingo and this weekend's official visit to Colorado. 
Um, I, I look, and, and if something changes, we can come on here and talk about it. But right <laughs> now, I feel like Texas feels pretty good about this recruitment with the understanding that Missouri's legitimate competition close to home. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Colorado. But I'll be surprised if Wingo doesn't play in the SEC. All right. Now, Colorado fans, I know you're tuned in. We will have some more short-form Colorado content later today. Moments ago, five-star wide receiver Cam Coleman, who is committed to Texas A&M, scheduled a visit to Colorado this weekend. So they'll have two five-star wide receivers out in Boulder to watch the Buffaloes take on USC. All right, Jerry, when will Texas host their next big visit weekend? Uh, that's this weekend. Uh, DeAndre Carter coming in for an official visit. Solomon Williams, the four-star edge out of Carrollwood Day in Tampa. He's a possibility to visit. I think you're going to see a number of 2025s on campus this weekend. You can see a couple of unofficial visits from guys that are uncommitted in the 24 class. Uh, it, like It's kind of like the Florida weekend. The more you win, right, the Florida beat Tennessee, <laughs> and they had some guys show up on campus they didn't expect, right? So Texas now, number three in the polls. They just blew out Baylor the week before OU in Dallas. I think you're going to see that 2025 visitor list build throughout the week for Texas. But it's this weekend. This hmm. is one that that's Texas staff has had circled since before the season for official visits with 24s and getting some committed guys there. But I think you'll see that 2025 visitor list build out this week as well. All right. The hits just keep coming for Texas fans. Jerry Hamilton, Hamilton, we'll have you on the show later this week to preview the big visit weekend. But thank you for coming on to talk about five-star offensive tackle Brandon Baker committing to Texas on Sunday evening. Jerry, thanks a lot. You got it, Josh. All right. Now we're going to talk a little Penn State coming out of their whiteout game. It was a dominating win over Iowa and the number one QB. The number one overall 2025 recruit, Bryce Underwood, was in the building. Let's talk some Penn State. Penn State's whiteout win over Iowa was watched by some of the top recruits in the region and the country on Saturday night. And despite the damp conditions, the atmosphere for the 31-0 win was electric. And in this video, you're going to find out what the recruit reaction was leaving the stadium and if there's anyone Penn State fans should have on commit watch. So Penn State fans, hit subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. We just got this thing cranked up and it's exploding. Almost 10,000 subscribers. We need you to jump on board. Hit that subscribe button. All right. Let's bring on my guy Sean Fitz from Blue and White Illustrated. Sean, Pack Stadium last night, deep list of prospects at the game. What was the recruiting reaction to Penn State's dominating win? Every year we go into the whiteout thinking that it's, you know, it's it's going to be the same as it was before. It never really is. Last night's conditions were terrible, really. I mean, it rained basically the entire game. The pregame was nice, which is actually what you want to look at if you're a recruit like that is the atmosphere that's going to stick in your mind is mm -hmm. is them coming out of the tunnel and the band on the field everything like that in the crowd it's it was it was pretty phenomenal i'm not gonna lie it was one of the better ones i've been to despite the conditions so um that that's really what's going to stick if, we, if you're talking to recruits it, it's all about the atmosphere and then penn state went out there and, and imposed its will on an iowa team that uh, you know has a pretty tough reputation so yeah. i think that that is something that they have been able to put into motion. That pitch that they put out there that Penn State is going to be a physical football team. They're going to run the football. But on top of that, they're going to make plays, draw through four touchdowns. So a little bit of everything. Offense, defense is uh, is, is what we're hearing from recruits. It's just a really complete um, team win, which translates into uh, sort of uh, showing that vision that James Franklin's been preaching to them. Mm. 
Well, there's one prospect I want to highlight right now, and that's Jalen Harvey. He's a he's an edge prospect prospect that Penn State has put in a good bit of time with. He's a four star out of Maryland, and he was at the game. Chose to come to Happy Valley for the evening. What's the feeling coming out of this weekend with four star edge Jalen Harvey? Well, Harvey's one that it feels like it won't be over till December. Even if there was a decision that came, we, we thought that he was going to jump on board after his official visit in June, um, kind of kept things rolling. USC is prominent in this one. Maryland's also there a little bit, but it seems like a Penn State-USC battle. And, and after last night, I think Penn State sort of reiterated what they've been doing with him for years now. I mean, he's been on campus uh, the double digits in terms of visits so far. Um, so getting back, seeing the atmosphere, being a priority while you're in the atmosphere, James Franklin went over to him after the game and sought him out and made sure that he was a priority that they saw him there. So, uh, you know, I think uh, USC was really making up some ground and, and really earning that momentum. He went out there um, in, at the end of August, I believe it was. So USC, definitely a strong player in this. But Penn State has been there for so long. And, and Penn State fans are, you know, have gotten – uh, I don't want to say a little fatigued in this one, but it, it, you just keep expecting him to jump on board, jump on board, jump on board. It hasn't happened yet. It seems he's going to uh, continue to to take this one as long as he needs to to make a decision. Of course, everybody, uh, all the recruits should do that. But Penn State, I think, reestablished themselves on Saturday night with Jalen Harvey. Okay, so some good news there. Now we got to talk about, without a doubt, the biggest name on campus over the weekend, and he comes from the 2025 class, that's Bryce Underwood. The number one quarterback in the 25 class, the number one overall player in the 25 class, he was at Penn State. Now, where do you think Penn State stands with him? I mean, there's a lot of programs recruiting him, but where do the Nittany Lions stand? Well, you know as well as anybody that that quarterback recruiting in this day and age is is very different than, than it used to be with NIL so prominent. But Penn State's gotten him on campus twice this year. I think they're in the mix. I don't think they are the top choice. Of course, he was at Colorado last weekend. Michigan has had him on campus a bunch. LSU has been in it. So there's, there's a lot of different schools in a lot of different areas. So I think this mm -hmm. is one where he's going to continue to do his research, to check out other schools. So Penn State, does he end up there? I, I personally don't think so. Um, but they, they keep getting back on campus and that's that's a big thing for uh for anybody and to see drew aller through uh, throw four touchdown passes is something that he probably had to like but just getting him there um i don't want to call it a coup but just getting the number one player in the country there shows the allure of the whiteout shows what penn state has has made this and really morphed this into hey and like you said he was at colorado the week before i think it i I, I agree with you. I think Penn State might be a little bit on the outside looking in when you talk about LSU, you talk about Michigan. I don't know where Colorado really fits in just yet, but this is crunch time for a player like Bryce Underwood because he said he wants to make his decision in early January. So, you know, he's not he's not going everywhere because everybody's inviting him. He's only showing up at a certain certain place every weekend. So we'll keep an eye on Bryce Underwood. Now, Penn State fans, they got they they want me to ask you, Sean. They've been telling me. They want me to ask you, who do you have on commit watch coming out of this weekend? Well, it's interesting because you look at the whiteout and you think uh, of these big recruiting weekends always result in commitments. Penn State hasn't had a whiteout commitment since 2019. And that was Liam Clifford, the younger brother of Sean Clifford. So mm -hmm. this isn't a situation that is a, um, you know, a, a quick turnaround. Now, I think they will get it uh, with with this uh, 2023 edition, but it's usually a slow burn. It's something that, uh, you know, goes out for weeks and months and and even years uh, with some of the younger prospects, something that sticks in their mind. And when you get to the end of the recruitment, you say, oh, this guy was at a whiteout. This guy was at a spring game. This guy was at their Lash Bash barbecue. Those are kind of the three um, the, the, the three events that we point to. But the whiteout mm -hmm. is such a 
such a big event. I will say, turning around quickly, DJ McClary, linebacker from New Jersey. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good one. He's just outside the top 100 on the on three industry rankings. He's been on campus a few times. I put my pick in back in the winter uh, when a couple of his New Jersey buddies were jumping on board in the 2025 class. And it seems like Penn State still holding strong there. And Tyke Hayes, a running back from Aliquippa. Aliquippa, of course, one of the top talent producers in the state and in the region. Um, he's a very productive player, was a state player of the year as a freshman. He's set to announce on Monday afternoon at his school and all signs point to the, the Nittany Lions there. All right. So that could be the next one. All right. So Penn State recruiting its hot right now. They're currently sitting at 12. They want to push for a top 10 class. And I do think that's possible. So, Sean, I just wanted to ask you, what's Penn State selling in James Franklin 10th year at the university? Because we know what he was selling when he arrived. And it feels like just yesterday that he got there. It was hope. It was excitement. Um, but now he's more established. So what is Penn State selling to these recruits in year 10? Well, he's selling that stability. You know, if you look at James Franklin over the last decade, there's always that case uh, when we get into December of, is he coming up for a different job yeah. elsewhere? I mean, that that's certainly been something there. We signed a 10-year contract, and it seems like those, those talks have kind of gone away. Um, but he has turned this one by stacking classes, by being aggressive in the portal. He's turned this one from a team that's sort of on the fringe to a team still on the rise in the top 10. And I don't know if that really makes sense because they haven't been to the playoff, at least in the 14 format. You think when they expand, they'll, they'll probably be a team that's that's in it fairly regularly. They've been close, but not quite there. And I think that that's been the pitch is get them over the top, get them into that 14 playoff. Because I think that, that would be a big deal um, before that expands. If you can you know, get that first playoff berth. I think that, that 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 would be a huge deal for Penn State. But they've really started stacking classes. They got their quarterback, which is of paramount importance, not just because uh, Drew Aller is looking at times like a like a future first round pick, but also Penn State hasn't had that. They've had consistent quarterbacks with Trace McSorley and Sean Clifford, but nobody on that sort of pedestal of the NFL draft, the, the guy that's going to go on day one. So that's going to have a trickle down effect with the rest of the offense. They're, they're, they're putting up points. They have the longest streak of score of 30 points scored in the nation, which to be honest, you don't think Penn state when you think scoring, right? I mean, that's really what's, what it's been uh, over the last 10 years. So they've put it together. The defense is sort of in this position where it's speaking for themselves. They completely shut down Iowa on Saturday night in it in a very aggressive manner. Manic Diaz has come in and done a really uh, a really spectacular job in turning yeah. that thing around. So it seems like, you know, uh, clicking on complementary cylinders, and I think that that's really resonated in their recruiting pitch. They've gone out, they've done a nice job in, in maybe catching up a little bit more in NIL. They're not going to, I don't think they're ever going to be at the forefront of that battle, but they've sort of regrouped you know, and gotten their gotten their ducks in a row. So I think that everything has sort of come together. And when you've got a guy like James Franklin, who is so recruiting, recruiting, recruiting at the front of that, you know, the results are, are, are going to start to come along. So they, they've stacked classes pretty well. Yeah. And results will come, especially after the whiteout win, 31-0 over Iowa. Blue White Illustrated has you guys covered. Sean Fitz, thank you for dropping by the inside scoop today. My pleasure, Josh. Thanks for having me on. All right, let's talk a little UF recruiting. Now, it wasn't supposed to be a big visit weekend in Gainesville, but the Gator staff, they changed it by getting some surprise recruits on campus. The thing about these recruits, though, they're committed to other programs. We're going to discuss Florida's flip chances here in a minute, but UF fans, let's get it going. Subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. Look at that, almost to 10K. Help us get there right now. All right. 
Let's bring on your favorite Gator recruiting insider, Corey Bender from Gators Online. Corey, we are talking flip targets, and you have had some on campus this weekend. Here we go. Wide receiver Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State. He's a five-star. Five-star corner Charles Lester. He's committed to FSU. Then a pair of Longhorn commitments in Jared Gibson and DeAndre Robinson. Corey, let's just start at the top. Jeremiah Smith, the number one wide receiver in America, has been flirting with the Florida Gators on and off since he committed to Ohio State. What do you make of this last most recent visit for Jeremiah Smith to the Swamp? I think it's really important. You know, depending on the opponent, you had to get him back on campus if you really want to have a shot at, you know, changing his mind. And I think over he's going to be back for the Florida State game, too. So you got him on campus for Charlotte, which Mm -hmm. I think Florida, you know, you're playing against a Charlotte team. You're hoping to run up that score a little bit to kind of show, hey, we're going to air raid this. We're going to throw it out. We're going to get our best playmakers the ball. But overall, I definitely, you know, Florida definitely helped their chances this weekend. And I still probably would put Florida behind FSU as far as the school with the most with the most chance of flipping him, but Florida made up ground. He also mentioned the Ricky Pearsall catch. That was the best catch he's seen in person. There was a lot to like when he was in Gainesville. As expected, he got the red carpet treatment. So I think for any school, it's going to be extremely difficult to flip him. I know he's going to be going back and forth down the stretch on certain schools, but mm-hmm. right now it's Florida State and Florida. Those are the two schools I think who have the best shot. And then, you know, Miami and Georgia are still mentioned too. But I think overall, I think, you know, over he stands pretty solid with that commitment, but Florida definitely made up a little bit of ground. And he had a monster game against Miami Central over the weekend. Jeremiah Smith proving why he's a five-star, proving why he's the number one wide receiver over and over again. All right, moving down the list, five-star cornerback Charles Lester. He was in Gainesville. Now, this one was probably the biggest surprise to me. He committed to Florida State in August, and Florida wasn't even in his final group when he committed to FSU. Now he shows back in the up in the swamp. You guys had a chance to talk to him afterward. What's the word on Charles Lester in Florida? So Florida's the only other school he's communicating with right now, and obviously a big part of that's the Corey Raymond effect. You know, Corey Raymond, any big-time DB, when Florida's recruiting you and Corey Raymond's on the staff, you always take it seriously. And it's interesting, like you said, Josh, Florida didn't make his top group, but that to me that says the most that Florida didn't listen to the outside noise. They didn't let all that affect them. They kept recruiting and kind of placed that faith in the Corey Raymond's hands. And, you know, Florida's the only other school right now under under consideration. And, you know, Lester, you know, I think Florida State, I think he's very solid with that commitment. He's probably going to be up to Tallahassee again here soon as well. But I think overall, if you're Florida, you keep chipping away. You might get three mm-hmm. more visits out of this as well. You might get him on campus for the Arkansas game the Florida State game, and then more likely he's going to return on December 9th for an official visit. So Billy Napier's been big on, hey, as long as we get you to campus, we'll kind of put in the work, kind of like what they did with uh, Kamari Wilson a few cycles ago. Florida wasn't mentioned at all. They got on campus for an official, and the rest was history. So I think overall, you know, Florida's going to keep chipping away. They're not, they're, they're somewhat optimistic, but they know it's going to be a tough battle ahead of them. All right, next name on the list. And yeah, I agree with you with Charles Lester. If they can get it, it would be crazy if they didn't even make his final group when he committed in August. And then he goes ahead and visits them four times in the fall. And you're right. That is the formula to a flip. If you can get Charles Lester on campus that many times, you're going to have a shot there in the end. All right. And another thing, too, Josh, I'll point out, Jamar Chaney, who left to be the outside linebackers coach at Western Kentucky, that was his go-to contact in addition to Corey Raymond. So not only did they lose a primary source of communication, 
you know, now, you know, Corey Raymond kind of took everything in his own hands. So it's, it's definitely been an interesting development down the stretch. Yeah, definitely. All right. Now, Jarrett Gibson, he was a one-time commitment to the Fortigators. It seems like ages ago that he committed to Dan Mullen. Different staff, different recruitment, but he was back on campus two weeks in a row. He was there for the Tennessee game and then back for Charlotte. Are we getting excited about a potential flip here for Jarrett Gibson, or was he just bored and had nothing else to do? Why is he in Gainesville two weekends in a row? So last week, there was a host of IMG kids. I think of most kids, if you're in the state of Florida, you see that Florida-Tennessee game, you circle on your calendar. So that was one of the ones where a bunch of teammates were going up, and obviously he gets to see family back home, so it was kind of like a win-win for him. Mm-hmm. But also this past weekend, uh, IMG was on a bye week, so Gibson came back to Gainesville. It's the same situation that happened back in the uh, in the spring for the Origin Blue game. Came home for Easter break and then decided to make the short trip to campus. So I definitely wouldn't, you know, get my fingers crossed if you're a Florida fan. They, they definitely want to have one more back in this class if possible. And Gibson's near the top of that list. And we all know they're kind of preaching, hey, come back home to Gainesville. It's your dream school. You were committed here, you know, once before. And he also likes Florida's ability to run the ball. They're really, uh, they heavily rely on that two-headed monster they have in Gainesville. So I still feel good about where Texas stands. Hope We'll see if they get them back on campus again. I think they will. But I think right now I feel better about where Texas stands for sure. All right, now that takes us to the last name on this list, DeAndre Robinson, four-star defensive lineman out of the Orlando area. Now this one, it was a surprise visit, but it didn't surprise me because when DeAndre Robinson chose Texas, he was really down to UF and Texas. Now, I just spoke to Jerry Hamilton. I think you heard him earlier on the show. The Texas staff didn't know this one was coming. So what's been cooking between DeAndre Robinson and the Florida Gator staff? All along, I, I was told by sources in Gainesville, Robinson's near the top of the wish list at defensive line. And I know Sean Spencer, Billy Napier, they've all been heavily involved in his recruitment, you know, daily communication as well. So they they knew how close of a battle this was the first time around. And, you know, Texas obviously won out, but Florida's, you know, take, trying to take advantage of that proximity, trying to convince them to take the hour and a half drive up to Gainesville. They were able to do that. And he still says right now he still feels like a major priority for the Gators. And, and also said Florida still has a chance here too. So – I think out of the Texas commits out of Gibson and then Robinson, I think Robinson is the one you got to track a little bit more closely. And it got, we walked away from it kind of feeling like he was a little bit torn, kind of when he got back to Gainesville. You know, Florida was his favorite school growing up. He always used to rave about the Gators throughout his childhood. So I think when he went back on campus this past weekend, there was a little bit of nostalgia. And after the game, he was on the field of Billy Napier and the staff. So He's really settling in. You can tell he's kind of giving Florida an honest look right now. Mm-hmm. I think the most interesting part is whenever he gets back to Austin, if he does, maybe that commitment starts to settle in again, saying, hey, this is why I made that commitment in the first place. But I think coming out of the weekend, Florida feels pretty good, and they're going to keep chipping away over the next several months. All right. So those were the four surprise visitors, four commits committed elsewhere. Uh, Trey, bring that graphic up one more time for us. All right, Corey, which of these four names do you think UF has the best chance to flip? Definitely, I would say right now, DeAndre Robinson. I just think it, before this week, I definitely he wasn't even really on our radar. We knew Florida was talking to him, but, you know, conversations were really kind of just kind of stagnant. But right now, after this past week, and I definitely go with DeAndre Robinson. All right. Now, let's shift gears real quick. Um, one last topic I want to hit on. Brandon Baker, he's off the board. Now all eyes point to the number two ranked offensive tackle in the country, Jordan Seaton. And we know competition's only going to heat up for Seaton. Now the Gators, they've been heavily involved in this recruitment really before Jordan really blew up. He's now a five-star. He got the bump in our ranking update last Monday. And he was supposed to be at the Tennessee game two weeks ago. But Corey, 
He didn't show up. He ended up going to Colorado on an unofficial visit. But Jordan Seaton does tell me there's still a lot of interest in the Gators. Has he rescheduled that visit? And do you know where the Gators stand with him? Yeah, he'll be in, he'll be in town for the Vanderbilt game next weekend. So Florida's at Kentucky this week, and then he comes back to Gainesville next weekend for the homecoming game against Vanderbilt. So earlier in the summer, I put him in our mock class over the summer, and I say that because after speaking with them, he was all smiles talking about Florida. He didn't take too many visits other than Alabama, which took place about a month after that interview. So mm -hmm. I kind of thought towards the end, proximity, and he already went to Tuscaloosa, that Florida can kind of pop back in late. But as we all know, his recruitment's kind of been all over the place in recent months. He's going to take numerous official visits. Oklahoma's in the mix. you got South Carolina, who I believe gets a last OB. So I think Florida right now, I think they're probably top two, top three option for him. And really, I think bearing, you know, they lost to Vanderbilt last season, which kind of definitely has a bad taste of a lot of these Florida fans going to this one. So I think Florida definitely will come out and make a statement in this game, mm -hmm. knowing Seton's there. And it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what the turnout is. He'll be the lone official visitor, too. And just show how much of a priority he is for Florida. Florida doesn't like hosting in-season official visitors. They kind of like doing all of it in June and December. Not for Jordan C. And they're going to make it work. They said, hey, if you want to come, come whenever you want for the OB. We'll make it happen. So you can expect when he comes on campus next weekend, there's going to be a host of staff members, you know, always next to him at all times. Yeah, and all eyes are on Jordan Seaton now. Like I said, five-star Brandon Baker's off the board. There's just not a lot of quality big men, especially on the offensive line, available. We'll see with Jordan Seaton. My take on Jordan Seaton, and I know he hasn't come out and said anything officially, but I think it's probably Alabama, Florida, and then I'd say Colorado. And then after that, I think there's a group of uh, Oklahoma, Florida State, Ohio State, just everybody else. I think there's a whole lot of teams going after Seton. His recruitment's going to heat up. Like you said, I agree. He's wide open. I don't think Jordan Seton makes the decision until sometime in November, maybe even signing day in December. We'll see. Yeah. I think that recruitment has a long way to go, but it's getting it's going to heat up. Corey well, Bender. South, South Carolina OV, too. I know in mid-November. Oh, yeah. I think they're the last one to get an OV as of right now. So. You don't want to say you always go by who gets the last OV because it's not that close to signing day yet. There's going to be like a month and a half after that, but there's definitely it's going to be a, a, an interesting timeline down the stretch for him. We'll see if he takes some more in December. Yeah, and South Carolina is building a heck of an offensive line class too, so I, I can't believe I forgot about them. But yeah, the Seton sweepstakes only gets hotter as Brandon Baker comes off the board. Corey Bender, you guys do a great job on Gators Online. Thank you for stopping by the Inside Scoop. Thanks, Josh. All right, that's Corey Bender. Now that's it for the Inside Scoop today, but we'll have plenty of short form content on the On3 Recruits channel. You guys hit subscribe to that. We'll be back with the new Inside Scoop show on Thursday. We'll see you guys soon.